it's just so so this is what I, I love to do to kind of set that space to be able to call in the record keepers to do any collective healing that might show up to do while we're having our conversation. So if that shows up too. Yes. All of that is welcome. Good. All right. So let's just oh, take a nice calming breath and come present into our sacred heart as we ask the divine lords of unconditional love to help us center fully in this moment as we create this sacred space. Please wrap us in your love and protection and allow us to travel to the highest levels of the Akasha available to us today. Please help as we lay our multidimensional hearts open to divine love and release all resistance. Lords of the Akashic Record, please guide us to the deepest truth we can access now. Support us in healing and releasing that which no longer serves on our true path. We give great thanks for your divine love and support on this journey today. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Revelation Project Podcast. I'm Monica Rogers, and this podcast is intended to disrupt the trance of unworthiness and to guide women to remember and reveal the truth of who we are. We say that life is a revelation project, and what gets revealed gets healed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Project Podcast. So today I'm with Lisa Barnett, who's an internationally recognized best-selling author of two Akashic Record books. She's also a speaker, teacher, and the founder of the Akashic Knowing School, where she teaches students around the world to access personal soul wisdom and guidance to transform their lives. As an Akashic Record reader and teacher, she has more than 25 years of experience in the spiritual healing and Akashic field. She incorporates information from your soul's library with energetic healing on a soul level to help you break through blocks, clear pain, fear, and karma, and to create the life your heart and soul desire. Please join me in welcoming Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Monica. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And I, I told you I'm learning to read my own Akashic records. And I was, you know, and I'll say this again for our listeners. I was just expressing to Lisa how we're all going through so much. And so what I'm continually revealing for myself, there's this way that I can tend to get trapped in kind of the mind, instead of like grounding myself in my body and my heart and trusting. Part of the revelation project for me is that constant reminder that we're always in a dance with the universe and that we're both human and divine and that my human side, right, might want to make sense of all of this, might want to be in fear at times, but it's only when I drop into my heart and I allow that kind of mind chatter to just quiet and I get quiet and into my heart that I get into alignment. And that's when I can access my knowing. And mm -hmm. that knowing is always telling me you're safe and there's more to be revealed. 
Just keep staying. Don't abandon yourself. Don't separate in fear. Just be a witness and don't abandon yourself. And that is my practice of self-love. That is a beautiful practice of self-love. And I think it's so important that you take the time to share this, to have your podcast, to help people to remember and to realize these sorts of truths. Because of course, you know, I am in conversation with the Akashic Record Keepers every day, all day. And and they will often remind me similarly, but you know, it's just, it's the stay the course, right? Just one step in front of the other. It's all this beautiful process that we're involved in. And that's why we come here. It's part of what we actually love. Although I've spent many years in my life kind of railing against that concept of being human, being in a body, you know, feeling stuck and trapped here instead of being in the etheric realms or a more expansive realm. But we do love it here. We learn so much here. And that's why most of us have come back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times to have these experiences. Yeah, it's so funny. You know, Lisa, I'm kind of giggling because I used to say before I actually learned to love life in this lifetime, because again, it's so fascinating to me. If we come back over and over again, right, we must cross over this river of forgetting on our way here because this continual kind of waking up that we're experiencing in this lifetime. And I was recalling, as you were just saying that, how cynical I had become. And I had forgotten that levity and light. And I had forgotten that it was okay to have my feelings. It was okay. I could start giving myself permission to have my feelings serve me, that I didn't have to be a prisoner to them, a victim to my to my feelings or to my thoughts. And that's where so many of these amazing tools come in from the people that we meet along the path that are the perfect person at the perfect time that have just the tool, the next tool we need. And to trust that that is true, that trusting is so much a part of my journey now. And that's what also makes it so enjoyable because I get to wonder what's going to happen today. You know, there's always an element of mystery and curiosity. And if I can just remember that part of this experience is meant to be joyful, it's meant to be lived in lightness. And it's like, the choice of getting out of that density, getting out of that negativity, that those are choices. Right. And I would say that this to me is one of the gifts of being able to access the Akashic Records because our Akashic Records are held in the pure vibration of source energy. They're part of the quantum field. We can access a phenomenal energy of the void, which I think often in the beginning is a little scary. But as we become comfortable with that kind of energy of the void, it's expansive and phenomenal. And we realize we can create there. And the other aspect of the Akashic Records is that, again, pure source energy is pure love. Mm. And so in the field, we are in love. Yes. 
we are able to just feel that energy of expanse and joy. And one of the things I've I've really loved about my conversations with the record keepers over the years is that they're funny, right? They are, again, they're pure, unconditional love and they're just humor. They've never been human. They don't have our kind of control issues or they have no judgment. So they're like, they can just tell funny stories and explain things to me in a humorous way so that I can kind of, you know, understand how the some of the bigger pictures work. And so having that experience of being able to hang out in the Akashic Records has been transformational for me as someone who was very cynical, very controlling, not happy to be here, you know, all yep, of that. I'm raising my hand to all of those, right? Like the perfectionist, the, all those things that just really at the end of the day made me miserable. Right. <laughs> so Lisa, for our listeners, I would love to just, because we've had an Akashic record uh, professional on on the show before. But I also want to just, I think that there's different ways that different people explain what they are. So just to create a foundation and a container for our conversation today, I'd love for you to tell our listeners about the Akashic Records, as well as, and I've shared on the podcast before that I'm in the process of learning how to read mine, and that really anybody can learn how to do this. This isn't necessarily something that is only for a certain type of gifted individual. We can all learn how to do this. So I would love for you to start right there. Okay. Well, that's actually what the Akashic Record Keeper said to me many years ago when they asked me to help them bring this Akashic information back to humanity. They said it is everyone's birthright to have access to this phenomenal infinite wisdom of your soul. For about 1,000 years, the vibration of the Akashic field was pulled away from the earth because we misused it during the dark ages. And so it was only available to the mystics at that point. And so they said, it's time now. This specific time in history, this started back in the 70s and 80s. They said, it is time now. We're moving into this higher vibration. We're moving into the age of Aquarius. We're moving into a new yuga, you know, energetic cycle. Evolution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we are really moving into a new golden age. And so it is our birthright. And so The way the Akashic Record Keepers have explained the records to me is they just say it is the recording of your soul's journey throughout time. Mm -hmm. And so if you imagine that every lifetime you've lived here on earth and in other dimensions, other realms, other planets, all of that is recorded and held in a library that is only about your soul. Mm-hmm. And you have your own group of librarians. So the beings of light that I often just call the record keepers or sometimes the Akashic masters, there are beings of light. There are Akashic teachers, Akashic masters, Akashic lords. There is actually an interesting hierarchy within the Akashic records. Right. And so we have dozens of beings that are really here to assist us. Mm -hmm. Each one of you has your own library 
and your own group of librarians. Which is such a cool way to explain it. I love that. I used to want to be a librarian when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, if I could just hang out with books all day, right? Like that was that was like my idea of paradise and heaven. Yeah. And, you know, it's really funny because when I picture the Akashic Records, I or, or I, you know, tune in, I had seen, you know, kind of like, again, it's it's really funny, because you think my own imagination and trusting that where it wants to take me is like, it's got some some information for me. And sometimes again, like you said, that humor can come through in imagery for me, where I can get closer, let's say, to a whole bunch of books that I'm thinking are all about other people, and I'm seeing my name on every single one, right, from like lifetimes past, and I'm like, this is fascinating, (laughs) right? Because then I get out of it, and I'm like, well, that was an interesting, you know, revelation for today, because again, somebody could say to you multiple lifetimes, but to sit here and realize that I could connect to those other lifetimes and ask a question and get an answer is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yes, I guess, you know, I so appreciate you saying that because, you know, after teaching for so long, sometimes it's almost like we get callous, we forget. But when I think back on the very first time, so so I had an interesting experience because I was an energy healer, psychic, intuitive reader. And every once in a while, when I would be doing a reading for a client, I would get this really expansive information. And I think, wow, you know, and I'd sometimes hear kind of a big booming voice. And I really think, wow. And I never this is kind of the silly part, never thought to say, so who am I talking to? Who are you? <laughs> that went on for like five years, but every <laughs> single time I was wowed. <laughs> so, that would just so, so be me, like to just be getting information without ever thinking of asking, who is this? Like, right? Who's like, what being is this? Right. Never, just never dawned on me for whatever reason, <laughs> I guess. I was just working away and then I would be like so excited and so impressed. I wouldn't, you know, who am I to like say, who are you, you know, kind of thing. But it was fascinating because that did go on for a long time until I finally realized who I was speaking to. And of course, the crazy thing was, is that all the years ago when I when I learned to be an energy healer and psychic intuitive, my teacher had said, you can go up to the uh, gates of the Akashic Records, but you cannot go in. And so she was still holding the old information from like, the records are pulled away. You cannot access them. You can ask them if you can fill your client up or they will fill your client up after doing some healing. And so it was an interesting moment when I was, when I did start to speak with them, when I knew who I was talking to, and I would be like, what the heck was that all about? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and why did I think? And then you had to ask, right? Yeah. So there's what I'm noticing as I'm starting to do this work is how. Even though I am, I have such an inquisitive brain, right? The podcast, asking people questions all day. I realize that when I get quiet, it's hard for me to find the questions I want to ask. Do you, do you find that with people? Yes. So let me, <laughs> if you don't mind, let me share what I teach my students. And so I teach 
what the record keepers gave me is a five-step wisdom prayer system. And so I give my students a access prayer instead of kind of a meditation, but along with the five steps there, we set our intention, we get grounded, and then we write out our questions before we open our records. Because what I have found is that once we go into the energy and the space of the records, we are often in that expansive state of peace. And all of the sudden, we forget a lot of the human trauma and turmoil that we wanted to know about or wanted to understand. So write your questions down before you go in the records, because that's like the human part of what we're asking, right? Then we go into the expansive part and we can have that conversation and get the bigger view and understand in a different way. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's what they said to me many years ago. They were like, teach your students to write out their questions while they're in their normal kind of human state, everyday world. Jot down questions during your day, things that pop up that you want to know about before you open your record. I love this because it's like, write down your questions while you're still in the muggle world. Right, <laughs> right. I'm referencing Harry Potter, but yeah. I often think about, you know, this this idea of we're both human and divine, right? And then and so we have this muggle world that we live in where we have our fears and our whatever. And then as soon as we're kind of accessing our divine, those kind of disappear because we're in that expansive. So what you're saying is I can still access those questions. I just have to kind of premeditate them. And that would be the time to bring them in. Right, right. Jot them down when they're popping into your mind. <laughs> during, you know, sometimes we'll have a conversation with somebody. It might be a friend or somebody in the family. And we think, why the heck would I pick this like parent? Right. Or like, I wouldn't <laughs> wish this on my worst enemy. You're telling me I chose this? Right. And, and so then you're like, oh, yeah. So when we open, you know, what kind of soul contract do I have with my mother? What was I planning to learn from her? Or am I here to help or support her? What, what's the plan here? What were we thinking when we made this soul contract? Yeah. And that's a great frame for a question, right? Because I think, again, even that language, people may not realize that language is actually so powerful because, and I remember reading Carolyn Miss Soul Contracts or whatever it was, whatever that book is, it's escaping me now, but it had something to do with, there are certain people you meet along the journey that you actually have a soul contract with. And so there's this way that it's like, help me understand what's this plan, right? Especially when something is ending and you're in heartbreak. It's like, what are the lessons here? How can I really use the Akashic Records to help me let go or process or heal? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I have so many clients come to me. And honestly, it's, it's always interesting because many of them are thinking about getting divorced or separated. And they say, do I still have a soul contract? And I often will say, did you ever have a soul contract with your spouse or your partner? Is it still viable or, or valuable? Is it still ongoing? Because our contracts often will end. What was the lesson? Did you learn it? Is there something else to learn? So there's lots of different kinds of questions about that relationship. 
And, you know, if it's still important for your soul's growth and learning. So the big point, the main reason, and I'm going to venture into say your main soul purpose is to actualize your soul's plan. And as a plan, you said, I want to have, I want to support all these people. I want to learn these lessons. I want to work through some old karmic patterns. I want to share some of my talents and my gifts. I'd like to create some wonderful things here in the world. And we make this big plan for our life because we don't come here just like Many of my friends have said to me over the years, they've said, I don't know, I must have been drunk when I decided to re-embody. You know? I don't know what kind of drugs we were doing over there, but I, what am I doing here, right? And so right. like um, a compass with no direction. What's what like what is happening? Which I often say lately, what the heck is happening right now? Yeah. Please tell me there's a plan. Please. Right. And there is. And so, you know, there are kind of big pieces of information that I find so phenomenally powerful and useful to, to understand, just to know about. And that's actually the third book I'm writing is really about awakening to your life purpose and understanding that your soul made a plan. And it's kind of complicated. And sometimes it includes abusive family members or, you know, car accidents or illnesses, it actually often includes trauma mm. because it is often from the trauma that we are triggered to remember a greater truth of who we are. So as an example, I was mentioning to you before we started that I've lost almost a half a dozen of my very best friends, my dearest soul sisters, and my two truly soul sisters both died while I was a teenager. And it what it did, what I thought was kind of a bad thing for me, but according to the record keepers, that's not true. But <laughs> when they died, it triggered my remembering that I actually had come to be a healer mm. and that I had a very uh, spiritual soul purpose as a healer and a teacher. Now, of course, at 13 or 19, you're thinking, okay, that's insane, <laughs> right? Mm hmm. So it took some time to kind of grow into that idea. But the truth was, is that we have very, you know, so many experiences that are really here to help us remember. Because as we know, we make a huge plan, we embody, we have amnesia, we have to go through our whole babyhood, childhood aspect. And then hopefully along the way, we are coming into our gifts and remembering some of our talents and starting to remember the greater truth of who we are as these infinite souls. Mm. But many of us actually trigger different kinds of, of challenges in order to learn more and remember. So for some of us, you know, I actually went through because I, I so threw my whole spiritual path, you know, out the window, down the toilet, because I was. <laughs> I basically told you know source to just kind of f off because mm -hmm. I was so angry that my two friends died and I was abandoned and I was left alone and I am not doing whatever the heck it was I came to do and I was I mean here I was awake at three and so by nineteen when I decided I'm over it, <laughs> I had already literally spent 
you know, 10 years studying as a teenager. I studied philosophy in university. I was, and then I said, forget it. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I was stubborn and pissed, you know. I went through something similar, Lisa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it's traumatic and it's painful. And the fact that I lost my two very best friends. And of course, I, you know, still feel so for their families and and all the whole, you know, emotional pain and trauma. But there are aspects of life that we that help us to remember that greater aspect of who we are as an infinite soul and that we really truly are immortal and that we live again and again and again and again here and many other easier realms, let me just say. (laughs) Right. And I want to go back to that in a second, that whole easier realm thing, because I'm sure my listeners are also like, (laughs) help me understand why is this world so hard? But I want to go back to what you said, because so first of all, I love You know, I remember as you were speaking, I was like, yeah, you know, I really remember in college kind of being like, F you to like, at that point, I had survived so much childhood trauma. My dad had passed away. I was so lost. Everything just felt so hard. And when I started to kind of go through my, I guess, biggest healing, which happened about 11 years ago, or like my most kind of my biggest fracture, let's say, you know, I started to really realize again, like my sense of humor, my sense of levity, and it brought me so much insight. I realized that it actually helped me connect to information. And I would often visualize my spirit team like sitting at a kitchen table. They're like, nope, she's right on time, right? She's in the breakdown. She's in the muck. Like, this is just where we want her, right? It just, it's just, it it helps me to kind of visualize the humor and the plan because otherwise you can really, (laughs) like get yourself in a funk, you know, with some of the stuff that happens. And to really realize that these things are happening for us. And yeah, I mean, it used to piss me off when people would say, well, you chose this. And it's like, no, I didn't. It's just there was so much denial and resistance around just seeing it from that perspective. And yet, there is something that feels more expansive when I'm able to kind of look at some things that are happening as for me. Like, how can I see this as happening for my growth? Right. And my greatest prayer is, is that as the planet herself, as Gaia awakens and raises her vibration, right? That is pushing us up with her. So our vibrations are naturally raising because the vibration of earth is raising as a conscious sentient being that our dear planet is we are awakening with her and it will happen <laughs> which is the great news i think no matter what it looks like out there in the world and one of the things they the record keepers always say is that we need to it's almost like if you're clearing your energy field you're moving all the old stuck energy. A lot of times we have emotional pain and trauma that gets stored in our chakra systems, in our bodies, in our energy field. And when we do energy healing and we clear it, 
it moves out through our auric field. And often it's like in our face, right? And then we're Mm -hmm. like, oh, this is awful. And now I'm crying again. And now I'm feeling those emotions and not, you know, this is painful. But when you can realize that this is part of the healing process, we often need to see it and thank it and release it so it can literally move out. And that's what we're doing here on earth with so many of the out of balance paradigms and structures. So we need to recognize the imbalance that has been happening here for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years. And so as we can see it, and recognize it, we can start to do things about it. So a lot of the trauma that we're seeing in the world is available for us to start to transform and mm-hmm. change and, mm-hmm. and view differently. So it's the same whether it's you personally or the whole society. But this is, of course, part of our, our process of, of healing and transforming is kind of going through this and, and knowing we do create these experiences to kind of trigger us to learn something, to remember something, to have some gifts that maybe we can share with other people, right? I'm sure there's so much of what drives you comes from your traumatic childhood, right? All of it. I mean, really all of it. And when I I was just realizing, you know, if I were to kind of go back to the original wound or the theme that the pattern that's shown up over and over and over again, it actually helps me empathize with what you just said about Gaia. It's like, so mine was never feeling seen or being misunderstood. And so I got the perfect mother because my mom had suffered a traumatic brain injury and she couldn't I didn't know until about you know eight years ago that first of all she had this injury but how it would manifest throughout my life was she could never remember my friends names or what I did or so it was like I I continually had this experience of not feeling seen and known and I would make up all kinds of stuff about how she didn't love me about you know how I wasn't memorable about how unworthy I was because and I as you were talking about Mama Gaia I was thinking right like we've we've forgotten how important she is we haven't seen how beautiful she is how memorable she is we've forgotten to cherish her to see her to witness her it was kind of interesting to me how even recognizing like i had forgotten how how important it is for me to connect to my my earth mama that mother and we all have those rememberings available to us and one of the thing i'm seeing play out right now in our I'll call it a mass psychosis right now. But is this, you know, this this division constantly repeating over and over and over again until we have to start recognizing to stop putting people in these categories and buckets and othering because there's so much wisdom to actually recognizing the illusion of doing that. Because we're just finding a different way to divide, putting a different disguise on it. And we're all falling for the same kind of suffering all over again. It's it's fascinating. It, it absolutely is. And and I, according to the record keepers, they keep saying that a lot of our 
uh, learning now is to become conscious that we truly are all one, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There is no you know, no matter what people are doing, there is no right or wrong or good or bad in, you know, in the divine source energy. And part of what they've talked about for so many years is forgiveness. And when we can understand and and see that person that has hurt us, so when you get to understand that your mother actually had a brain injury and she couldn't remember then of course, then it's easy to forgive her. But when we can go that extra step too, and just know that every single person, even the worst people in the world often had horrific, you know, childhoods were terribly abused and, and they are, you know, their brains are not like ours because of their life. Mm-hmm. And so when we allow ourselves to really to feel that for them, to feel compassion for them, to be able to forgive as best we can is a start. Then we're opening that space to say, you know, we really are, we are all human having these challenging experiences. So challenging. And I want to go back to to this idea of oneness because I also see, and you know, it's more of a question, right? Because I'm, I'm certainly not sitting here saying like I know. Uh, in fact, whenever I catch myself doing that, that's my my check in to be like, get curious, Monica. Like you know nothing. <laughs> just stay, stay in the, it, just in the inquiry all the time is is where I like to be. Now, do I always achieve that? No, I'm human, and I get messy as hell. But one thing that I see happening a lot recently is this collapsing of the idea of oneness and unity with like everybody needs to do the same thing. So there's like this also this interesting, I see a lot of people do something against their better judgment, against what they actually want to do because they feel it's best for everyone. Does that make sense? Somewhat. You know, I have to to admit that I avoid TV and internet <laughs> and everything else as much as I humanly possibly can. Because what I found for myself is living in this beautiful bubble of the Akashic field is actually it serves me and it serves my students because I can hold this energy of love mm. and not get too distressed. And doesn't mean that I I don't sometimes look at Facebook or occasionally my husband will pull up some video and I think. (laughs) Now I know why I stay in my bubble. Live in my bubble. But one of, again, the the great gifts of the records is really being able to see kind of all sides. And this gift is phenomenal because it over these years, it's meant that I rarely go into judgment because I can kind of see all the sides. Yeah. So it makes me very neutral and a little wishy washy. <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, I love In it. that kind of way. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. <laughs> you know. But-, but but again, back to that levity, right? I think we can get so kind of steeped in this like panic and fear and separate versus kind of like, well, I can see it from that side too, right? And then there's I'm constantly reminded to like step in somebody else's shoes, look through a different lens, you know, see, see it from a different vantage point. 
because, you know, it's just true. Like when you're in the muck of it, all you can see is the muck. Right. And, you know, this is, again, the record keepers are always so funny because they always say, you know, of course, when you're standing in, you know, in a swamp, that's what the world is. It's a swamp. Mm -hmm. So when you can elevate your consciousness to be sitting on the moon, then the whole planet is gorgeous, right? And so accessing your Akashic records, learning to do this sort of work helps you to raise your vibration, to, to see the bigger picture. And that was my very original experience was like, wow, that's amazing. Because when I look at that little challenge or story the person is having, and I see the 12 other lifetimes where maybe they were the person that was doing the deed or whatever was happening they were they were the the perpetrator the robber they were you know and then this lifetime they said i want to see what it feels like to be on that other side so i have both experiences so i can see both sides so i can un kind of ravel that old karmic pattern because karma is never about good or bad. It's not punishment. It's about your soul's growth and learning. Mm. Because we as a soul are saying, I want to learn more so that I can actually go out into some of these other dimensions or realms and teach some of the wisdom I've learned on this very dense and often challenging planet. <laughs> so, which, which is a great segue into like, help us understand why Earth is so ch- such a challenging place. I always call it like Earth School. It's like the school of hard knocks. Well, you know, it it really is that. And the truth is that we, me and you and every one of us actually decided to create a place and a lower dimension where we could learn mm. because most of the other dimensions are so much higher vibrationally that we don't have these kind of experiences. And we said, let's create this energetic space and place, this planet, let's take this beautiful planet and we'll drop it down from the 12th dimension to the third dimension and we'll have these experiences. Won't it be fun? No. Won't it be fun? <laughs> no. Holy moly, right? <laughs> what were you what thinking? Were we thinking? Yeah. What yeah. were we thinking? But what we're doing right now is we are unwriting, you know, unweaving. Mm, unbecoming unbecoming. Unbecoming all of that that we created. And it's a process. And it's one of the reasons that I absolutely love doing group healing because in the Akashic Records, we're in the quantum field of the all and we can start to unwrite and unravel different kind of group contracts and energetic patterns. And so It can be very profound to work together as a group to clear old energies. Just like when sometimes I'll see, oh, we're getting a million people together to do this meditation at this time on this day. And it is so powerful. Mm. So I always say, yeah, jump in if you can, because getting a million people together, getting a thousand people together, it is really profound and transformational. And this is the way we will unwrite and we will clear a lot of 
this matrix we created mm-hmm. so that we can pop up to that fifth dimension and eventually up to the seventh and eighth and ninth and tenth, eleventh and twelfth, and finally really return home so that we don't have to do this anymore. Right, right. So we don't have to do this anymore. Ah, yes, it's so good. It's so good. So Lisa, what what would you say like you'd like to? Well, how how about this? Why don't you ask your record keepers what they'd like to do in the kind of closing part of our beautiful talk? Yes. So let's do a group healing. Well, just take a few minutes before before we went on air, we opened the group records of whoever is showing up and listening to this podcast. So it allows the energy, because of course, the Akashic beings of light are pure source energy and part of the quantum field. So as people tune in whenever that is, right? There is no time and space. Yes. And so... What I'm hearing is separation, and let's just see how it comes through. Often, um, the energy just flows kind of to me and through me. Sometimes they'll give me stories about it. Often, I'm just really energetically kind of unwriting. You know, if you're watching and you see my hands wiggling around, it's because I'm energetically, it's kind of like writing or unwriting light language, Mm. deprogramming deconstructing some of these old energies. So what I'm feeling flowing through already is the collective conscious and unconscious beliefs in separation. There is a whole energy around abandonment that they want to deconstruct. And that story is often something like, I've been abandoned here on this planet to kind of suffer and struggle. And that source, the divine God, however we we call that divine energy, that source has abandoned us. And it is not true at all. So they're they're, um, clearing, releasing, deconstructing that collective belief that's been on the planet for the last 10 or 12,000 years, definitely. And, and it's interesting because sometimes I'll bump into, so we're going to clear that energy too, that it's almost like we were dropped off here. And, and this is a memory that many people actually have, that we were actually dropped off here from a spaceship and they left us. <laughs> and so it's a crazy past life memory, but many of us have come to the earth from other realms and dimensions as part of the creator teams. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we took on a lot of energy of abandonment. My, my space family deserted me here. And so, we want to let all of that go because it is not the truth of the story that happened. Again, we have chosen these crazy lives to remember how we are here to wake up And often that waking up is remembering we are all connected. Even though we're living in our little flesh suits, we truly are energetically connected. We're just clearing 
separation, energetic separation, energetic beliefs of separation, abandonment, loss, desertion, being dropped off. (sighs) Good. It's starting to create a little bit more space. I feel the energy opening around each of our bodies. We're just expanding that out, creating a bigger space as we release these thoughts and beliefs, conscious and unconscious, that we are alone. And so we invite the Akashic Record Keepers to bring in our highest Akashic information, energy, and light, filling us back up with a beautiful memory and knowing that we are all one. We are always part of source. We are integral, I can't say the word. We are all connected. (laughs) Interconnected, interrelated. Interintegrally. Integrated, yes. All the blending words. Oh, so beautiful. So just filling ourselves up and dropping back down into our heart center, into our sacred heart. We give great thanks for the divine love, for the healing, the clearing, and the remembrance that we are truly all one. And we thank the Akashic Masters, and we close and lock the group records for now, and so it is. Blessed be. Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. I love, you know, again, that last part. And for me, when I meditate, right, it's like coming back into my heart, out of my head and into my heart and having those two, (laughs) again, that forgetting, right? Like we're connected here, the head and the heart, stay friends, stay in relationship, you know, and that it really is presencing that knowing that you're talking about, which reminds me of one of your books that I looked at more deeply. I loved that from questioning to knowing had so many amazing prayers for like basically everything you could possibly be suffering from. (laughs) How brilliant is that? So so if you're listening and you want to check out Lisa's book, it's, I mean, I know you have two of them, and that was the one that really spoke to me because Sometimes I can identify just by looking at a list of what I might be suffering from and just kind of without needing to, yes, to journaling about it and all of that, but sometimes to just kind of say a prayer is so helpful and to just, it's like my self-blessing, right? Is to just give it, give it to God, give it to the universe, give it to the goddess to stop burdening myself with like the problems of the world all the time. Yes, absolutely. So there are 73 healing prayers that I channeled from the Akashic Records and from Questioning to Knowing 73 Prayers to Transform Your Life. And I literally just sat down for about six days and just kind of channeled all these prayers to clear, you know, blame or jealousy, to heal Gaia, to step into higher energies and vibrations, to align with our, you know, our our soul lineage, to it just, you know, 73 healing prayers. So it it is 
a book that I get a lot of feedback from and people often will say, I keep it you know, with me. I keep it on my desk. I keep it in my purse. I just open it up and just read whatever prayer I happen to open to. I love that. So it's kind of a very useful in that way. It's kind of like pulling a card, right? You can just right, open exactly. <laughs> open a page. This is exactly the medicine I need for today and to trust again that, it, that there's some reason you chose it. So Lisa, as a last thing, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners about how to be in relationship with you, how to follow you, maybe how to do a group Akashic reading or an individual reading? Absolutely. So I do I do personal one-on-one readings. I teach my workshop on how to access your own Akashic records using my five-step wisdom prayer system, or I should say the Akashic Record Keepers five-step wisdom prayer system. And I teach that three times a year. And the next one will be in February of 2022. I usually teach February, June, and September. I'm in the middle of a workshop right now. But so, yes, yeah, so there's lots of information on my website at akashicknowing.com. And there's a beautiful free guided meditation that will take you on a journey into your Akashic records. So you can have your own guided journey into your records where you get to bathe in the river of forgiveness and reclaim three past life gifts. So it's a lovely little journey. Oh, I love that, Lisa. Thank you for that gift. Wonderful. And so for our listeners, I'll be sure to put Lisa's links in the show notes and you can find them there. And Lisa, thank you. Thank you for your work in the world. Thank you for bringing us so many beautiful messages today. And until next time, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening. And as always, more to be revealed.